right, everybody. Welcome to the first official episode one of the Hive Mind, a Xenomorphing podcast. We have a full crew today as we talk about the movie that started it all, Alien. So why don't everyone go ahead and go around and say hi. Hey, this is Ryan. How's it going? This is Michael. Nice to meet you. And the other Michael. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> and you'll you'll be officially Canada Mike from now on. Yeah, that way Mike. we can distinguish between you. Canuck two. Mike. <laughs> Canuck Mike. Yeah. <laughs> if you've heard uh, we're shenanigans before, you know the other Mike. Mike, why don't you give yourself another quick reintroduction? Uh, my name is uh, Mike. I am from Pennsylvania. Um, I was a uh, contributing member of the Perfect Organism uh, with Dave and with Ryan. And um, Ryan, Dave kind of told me there's a there's a new shit show in town and <laughs> asked me if I wanted to join on. And I said absolutely. So um, I, yeah, I, I, I grew up right. <laughs> yeah. My my background is is uh, the the movies, of course, and uh, the comics. Um, I came up. You know, I grew up with all the comics, so that's kind of my uh, – that was my foot in the door. So I've um, been very fortunate to be part of fandom, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Cool, cool. Thanks for joining. Definitely. All righty. So I figured a good way to get you all uh, – I want to see what our mindset's about in regards to the Alien series just to go through each movie. So, of course, with it being uh, Alien Month – since Alien Day is in a few weeks, might as well start with the first one since, well, that's how it works. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. So, we'll go around. Um, so, what was your first experience seeing Alien, the first time you saw it? Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, actually, so, I think I'm, uh, Michael mentioned before, too, that uh, before we started recording that he saw Aliens first, and I was, I'm the same. I saw uh, Aliens was the first <clears throat> in the series that I saw, and I loved it. Um, and so I, my uh, old friend of mine introduced me to it. And obviously after I saw Aliens, he said, you want to see the first one? It's like, sure. And it was, uh, it was a very different movie. Um, and But it was, it was, I think, just as awesome in its own way. Um, definitely more of a claustrophobic movie you know, sci-fi horror movie, and it was uh, just a great experience, and every time I watch it, I just get so absorbed into the into the plot. The characters are so, you know, so recognizable, so easy to um, relate to, and um, it's just a, it's just a amazing, amazing movie, and it is the one that kind of kicked off the franchise, and, uh, it had so much mystery in it, so much, so many questions um, that, uh, you know, in a good way, you know, it's the ones that the questions that make you, you know, the ones that make you think and not like, um, you, you know, not like, well, what, what were they doing there? That was so stupid. Kind of, you know, questioning things like that. <laughs> it was like, you know, uh, with the space jockey. Questions that made sense. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, space jockey, where these Xenos came from, and um, you know, it's uh, you know, I was I didn't know about Ash being an android. Um, that was a big twist, and then it was just really well done from beginning to end, and it's obviously a classic, and one of the, I think one of the best movies ever made. So um, yeah, I love it. There's just I can watch it over and over again for sure. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. One of the mics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. Um, yeah, well, I'd have to say, you know, I agree a lot with what Ryan just said. You know, I did, I did come in similar to him and Mike uh, from Aliens. You know, uh, I was a big Cameron movie guy whenever I was younger and liked his Combat Edge. You know, like how his movies had that kinetic gunplay and stuff. That was really where I came in. And uh, like, you know, I mean, I had heard of Ridley Scott's Alien and I'd heard of Blade Runner and I'd watched them movies and and when I was younger it was just like wow these 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 are really really slow paced and I just it wasn't my thing when I was a high schooler teenage guy and I was into 
you know, high action, high energy sci-fi movies. So coming back to it later, mm-hmm. you know, years on, it was like, you know, I found as a younger adult, I found appreciation for the the slow burner mentality that both of those movies and Scott had infused with kind of a lot of atmospherics, eh? you know, like feeling the scene, like and getting soaked into the scene and both of those both those like movies had that kind of strong atmosphere built up that sucks you right in yeah like brian had said himself there a minute ago and uh you know it's it's just that kind of thing you know like a world building's really strong the characters like he said relatable you know you, you can get into it pretty easy and it's it's a different energy definitely than the marines or even the prisoners in Alien 3 or going forwards from there, you know, whatever. Talk about prequels, AVP characters, whatever. These these were the f- well-fleshed out, fairly decent to relate to, you know, blue-collar people. You know, you know the, the thing they always crack, what, space truckers, right? Mm, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's what they always say about it. So, I mean, you know, that's what you hear a lot with the original. But definitely a really strong movie. Uh uh, Carpenter's Thing movie and also Kubrick's The Shining are two other movies that use isolation in an extremely effective manner, like mm-hmm. the same way Alien does. And I really like that. I like being trapped way yeah. off, you know, in some spooky place and they, there's no way to get out. And all three movies got that feeling where you're stuck. And by the time you get to the end, you're gnashing your teeth. Like, you know, <laughs> wow, man. Like, it's. I'm right in there now. You, you feel those movies, definitely, when you're watching them. And, I mean, you know, it's the same thing with Blade Runner, but that's a discussion for a different podcast, yeah, so we'll whatever. <laughs> you know, that's not even, that's not really an alien thing, and we're not talking about that. So, But, I mean, as far as Scott goes, Focus, it, strong, atmos- strong atmospherics, definitely, in both of those movies. And that is why I definitely, later in life, found Alien to be a really strong movie. You know, just... There you go. Well built, well built. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, that's pretty Mike. Yeah, my, my uh, <laughs> yeah, my my thing is probably I'm I'm, I, it's funny to hear all of us talk because we're pretty much all on the same thing. Like I came into it where, and in almost the exact way as as Canada Mike said, I uh, my thing was I was into at that time, you know, that was when Aliens was out, uh, the Terminator. Um, you know, James Cameron was just making, there was just some crazy movies at that time. And I was a big action person. And of course, you know how my story always starts, like everything I experienced, I experienced through my dad. My dad was, you know, we'd sit down and be like, Hey, you got to sit down and watch this. And I'd be drawn in and I'll never forget watching aliens. I loved aliens the whole way through the movie. And my dad's like, do you know, this is a second movie. And I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, mind yeah. blown. Like, what are you, what are you talking There's about? A, and the whole time I'm there, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like. I was kind of intrigued, like, well, okay, because I really don't know where these things came from. All of a sudden, this is this new concept. And he's like, hey, you, you got to watch the first one. So I'll never forget sitting in the living room. It was pitch black and watching Alien. And it, the, as everybody says all the time, the the atmosphere of that movie, there's scenes in that movie where today, like, you still kind of hold your breath. Like, yeah. you're like, you know, I know it's here. Like, you know, you see Ripley on the screen and she's pressed up against something and she's holding her breath and looking around and you're like, oh, my God, like, where is this thing? It's like it, it, it did so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it, it just it did, you know, and then, you know, that part and the the characters, as, as we said, the characters are relatable. Like you can relate to these guys. You know, you got your two guys that all they care about is doing the work, getting paid and getting home. You know, you have, you know, the, the guy that's in charge is trying to be relatable and have everybody join in. You know, you have Ripley who's, you know, she's trying to make her mark. You know, she's, uh you know, this, you know, high up, but nobody takes, you know, they don't treat her that way. And then of course you have Ash who's kind of like, you, you follow him, but you know there's something kind of there's something off about him, you know. And then of course you know you have Kane, who's just the guy that like no matter what you tell him, okay, slow down, he goes two times faster. And then you know of course he's the guy that makes the dumb decision that, you know, it, there's always it's so it's so relatable. Like you can see people, real people doing the things that they did. Mm-hmm. But it was just like it is. It, it's yeah. it's such a the movie itself is is you know it's that's why it's a classic because i mean it can't get old and like we were just talking before you know before we were on here about like some of these movies that for that that same time and how like the effects you know are so are were so bad in that time period and then you look at alien and like it it still holds up so well yeah. like I, and anybody well. any anybody Very out well. there who has not seen alien in 4k 
you are absolutely missing because I don't know. I think Dave, I think you saw the 4K cut, right? Did you see the 4? Oh, it's oh, um, yeah. it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> like you keep just amazing. But you know that still that movie is what 1979 is that right? I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, you're you're talking it's 2020, and that movie still holds up to so many movies that it's passed by. Density um, or frame, definitely. Like I said, uh, it and Blade Runner both have strong density of frame. You can look at everything, yeah. and it all holds uh-huh. up. And it's just uh, it's just a beautiful. It, um, Watching it earlier today in uh, Fort Can, there were a couple parts. I'm like, was this always in the movie? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you, it's yeah, you don't realize like, certain, certain things have they have like you 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 realize you'll see like a gleam off of something, yeah. and you're like like okay. it kind of stops for me. Like, did I miss the scene, or is it not because yeah. it was just so? <laughs> it is just crazy, but yeah, I highly recommend it. It's yeah. it's amazing. I remember even when I saw it on the big screen and Alien did a couple years ago. I know me and um. Team Repair both saw it on different uh, coasts, and we were texting each other afterwards. Like it was almost like an entirely new movie. It's crazy just seeing it with different types of technology and different venues. The difference it can make in a movie that's not exactly that was released in that was released in 1979. I mean, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah, I always wished I could with, see it in theater, but I have never. Oh, it's it's an experience. It yeah, is. I bet it would be, no doubt, because it holds like up it. so well on a small screen. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But just like you guys, um, almost same same song and dance. I watched Aliens first, and I introduced the Alien later. I can't remember if I got it as part of um, a box set or saw it on TV. Um, but also just like you, um, Ken and Mike, it took me some time to appreciate it because I was going through the phase of action movies i didn't really have the patience for it but then as i got fully introduced to the whole alien series i started to really appreciate alien and its um cinematography the pace the characters i was absolutely once i laid my hands on the the derelict and the space jockey i was obsessed with that since Mm -hmm. that's never changed so that's always big a big thing the like you said, Ryan, the questions that I asked, the smart questions that I asked, I should right. say. And um, yeah. it was borderline, if not perfect. Um, Ridley, just like he's, he did with Blade Runner, he completely, completely changed the sci-fi game with um, with Alien. Because before that, all the sci-fi was, was bright and clear and shiny. And, and Styrofoam made... monsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and he came and made it dirty and grimy and real. Yeah. And that uh that definitely made it more relatable and a lot more terrifying. Yeah, cuz it yeah. felt like you could actually be in that Agreed. situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. dark corner in a factory. Yep. Yeah, it couldn't you know. It didn't seem completely out of this world even though it was yeah, I mean, like Star Wars, you know, it came out a couple years before. I mean, that was very much uh, a, a fantasy, very kind of yeah. out there. I mean, it was it's ama- it was amazing, but it just felt it was very much escapism. But Alien, it felt like yes. I could I could be in a place like I I could see myself being one of these characters and being yeah, exactly being stalked yeah. and killed by this yeah. unseen you know force and that was another arguing about bonus situations <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> well i was like uh 2001 i'd say you know that's probably my favorite sci-fi film but alien was great because it had the same level of world building but like this dark like you say this dark edge to yeah. it, like corp corporate mm-hmm. politics this monster mm-hmm. that's like a parasite you know mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a different thing <laughs> Same level of realism Kubrick had, but different take on sci-fi. Like right. Horror lens. I, I, I think you, I think people too. If I mean, when you watch it too, you can see yourself being in that same situation in in the environment yeah. wise, like you're saying. Because yeah. if you think about it, if you watch that movie, everything in it's like sort of like um, you know, rusty, oily, mm-hmm. like like it, it reminds you of like it reminds you of where you know we as a society now. Like say twenty years from now, if we're if we you know make it to that, 
you know, it would fill in the same blanks. And that's where we're at in space colonization. Like that seems to me like we're not going to have, you know, shiny and, you know, like chrome spaceships and all. Like, it's going to be like, you know, like almost like you work in like a, a factory. Exactly. Exactly. Like you said, yep. it, it has that feel to it where it's like, you know, there's water dripping, some stuff's leaking, sparks mm-hmm. are like, you know, it's, it's which conglomerate like, do you work for? It's just, it's, it's perfect. Like it, it didn't make you think like that this was, you know, 500 years into the future. It made you think like, Hey, when we finally make the leap to space, this is probably what it's going to be like. It's not going to be like bright white, you know, and polyester and, and all beautiful. And it's going to be kind of dreary and, you know, like you're working in a, you know, like a mine or something like that, which, which is a beautiful. None of this beam me up utopia box food, (laughs) magic food box things. Yeah. Trek's got a beautiful vision, but Alien's got a real one, I think. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. It's, we'll still be kitchen. arguing about shifts yeah. and money and what the yeah. bosses want just light years away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing from the next movie, but I mean, you know, when, the comp- when you ask the company questions, the company just says, don't ask, you know, like, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I, I can believe. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah they, that, that's, they, one, um, that's one of the biggest they, um, things. They yep. on that. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. They touch on that in um, Alien when, when um, what's I'm going to call it, when they were asking about, uh, when Ripley doesn't want to ask, she's like, it's company policy because if they want it to be company policy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dallas, he's very nonchalant. He's uh, oh, I love Dallas. Yeah, I, Dallas. I find it's like he's just like this checked out captain. Like, I mean, people are like, you know, it's like he's like a hero. It's like not really. He's no. just kind of kind of jaded and bored with his job and yep. doesn't really see how dangerous it is until it's too late. <laughs> you know, scary. Yeah. I feel bad for Scarrett when he's in them tubes and he just and he wakes up like he's like. <laughs> whoa, this is a major deal. And it's like, yeah, you're probably going to die in a few minutes, pal. (laughs) You feel bad for him. He's he's not nearly as sucker as Orem, but he's still kind of a didn't see it coming, right? You know? Mm -hmm. Little little snake jumped out of the guy, ran away. They figure, oh, it's cool. We're good. And then, you know, I mean, Yafa Koto said it. They, you know, it, the thing was huge. It was a man. You know, like it's a little different now. It's not a little snake you can step on. It's it's more than that now. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas is his emotion. His him as a character is absolutely perfect in that because when he goes in there and he starts crawling through those tubes, he's kind of like, okay, don't worry about it. I'll take care of this. I'll get in here. Yeah. I'll look this. And then you automatically, like, you see in his face and his character is plays played perfectly where all of a sudden like this real world feeling comes over and he's like holy crap like, i gotta get out of here like I'm, I'm not in a safe place like i have got to get out of here and he, he tries yeah. talking back and like but you, it's cool because like that's how anybody would be like oh look i don't really want to do this but i have to do it and then all of a sudden you're like this is not going to end well like i'm really in, in terror right now and i gotta get out of where i'm at mm-hmm. that was that was such a cool scene yeah all right definitely yeah. It wasn't the, and it's not just that the characters have to deal with this unknown, this unknown uh, extraterrestrial, but they also unknowingly have to deal with this, uh, this robot that's this android that's helping it out. Yes. You know. Um, yeah. And that's like that's the big twist, and that's, um, then that's when you that find another... out it's not just this alien you have to worry about; it's this company as well that's, um. That doesn't care about you. It just wants this as a, a weapon, you know. It just wants to save it for mm-hmm. its own research, and that's even more terrifying <clears throat> when you have these, you know, the the unknown corporate agenda and then this unknown alien both um, coming at you, you know. And that's yeah. that's really terrifying. Life is cheap. You got to worry about. (laughs) Life is cheap. The alien is worth some money to them. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to spend people to get their hands on that thing. They don't care. (laughs) Scary. You can you can see that in anything, especially like real world. I mean, just look what you know, and you know, look what's going on around us. I mean, you figure you 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 look at you look at the company, you know, you know, and. And it basically comes down to what we're like. You pretty much realize that you know you are a pawn in the bigger game, and you basically your life is expendable. Like, hey, you know, 
we're going to send you out there. We're figuring whatever it costs for you to lose your life is nothing big as long as we get the prize. Mm. And, you know, it's, 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 it's such a, it's a real world feeling that, you know, unfortunately Mm -hmm. so many people have. And I think that's why it hits so hard because you look at your own life and you're like, you know, you know, am I worth this to the company that has me going out to the other side of the universe? Am I worth it? Or, or, Hey, we're just a paycheck and a write-off, you know, it's all about the prize. And, and, you know, alien kind of further on the road from alien sort of kicked that whole thing off because i mean from this point on everywhere it goes every person that's come in contact with this creature is expendable every single one like you start to realize how how much this you know this new unfound creature that they have on their hands like literally is is the beacon like Mm -hmm. it's the gold you know there's nothing is nothing that they will stop at to not get their hands on. And it's, it's, it's a very real world situation and scenario. And I think that's, that really hits hard. That's the best part about how evil the company comes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This corporation wants whatever's in that Pandora's <laughs> box, even if it kills yep. everybody. Yep. <laughs> yep. They, don't, they yep. don't care. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. Money, money, money. Sorry. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine how many companies are going to, like, want this, go for this vaccine uh, for the coronavirus any way they can, can get it and try and cut corners and don't care? I mean, because that's a that's a jackpot for them, you know, it's... Uh, mm-hmm. um, Fighting something that's needed. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. who cares who gets screwed Real in the Utani process? Real style. Yeah. <laughs> Building better worlds. <laughs> <laughs> for money yeah, exactly <laughs> of course that's what they're thinking our profit <laughs> yeah yeah, so. yeah it's, well it's, it's just funny because like every from alien from alien on you know like even you know if you follow alien through the, the comics i mean this kind of springboard this was the springboard for everything and it, you look at it and you, you just think to yourself like it truly is like like Canon Mike's. It's Pandora's box because every single thing, if if it's canon as in novelizations or as in comic books or as in the films, this like this was the first time that they saw this and they like literally they spared no no expense and nothing at all to try to constantly weaponize this thing and constantly get their hands on it and every single time they did it was absolute chaos Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so funny that like like this sort of alien itself the movie kind of you know started you and like sort of showed you hey like this is where they're going to go this is what they'll do to get this like can you imagine what happens you know if they get their hands on it it's just it's it just unleashes from there and no matter how good your ideas were like it's just it just destroys everything it touches Mm -hmm. yeah like it's You could even look at like the spinoff, right? The AVP stuff and look at like whatever comics, novels, wherever you want to look at that spinoff. And you see it even with that elder race, right? These these Yajuta, like they can't even handle the thing. If it gets loose on them, it can kill them just as easily as a human. Mm -hmm. Like this thing, this thing's a dangerous creature and it always has been. Right. I mean, messing with something that can take you over pretty quick, like uses you as a host and then now you got an army of them coming after you careful with it <laughs> it's it's like a virus it's a bad infection yeah. that just yeah, it spreads is. and um well yeah like you. even yeah. in yeah, even in the prequels like the the like the the black oil or the pathogen or whatever you want to mm-hmm. reference it as it's a similar it's a similar mechanism right mm-hmm. you know same idea right yeah this thing can undo you pretty quick if you play with it right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so <laughs> what would you guys like... say is your favorite uh character and scene hmm i'll have to think about that for a minute let one of the other michaels Me, go um Okay, I, I'll tell you what. I I know what my. It, it's funny because my favorite scene is one that is not in the original cut. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite scene, without a doubt, is the cocoon scene, um, where they do the, the egg morphing. Cut? Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you that that is the most scary, unreal. Yeah, like just <laughs> like chills down the back of your throat when when you think there, there's so much more to this because you know first the fact that Ripley finds them and she's just like. 
you know, has no idea. Mm-hmm. And then to see Dallas and uh, who else is in with Dallas? Um, Brett. Um, Brett. Brett. Yeah. And to see them, and they're they're each one of them is at a different stage. And then like to see, like it's just it's so creepy because you figure that their bodies are literally like liquefying mm-hmm. like yep. and they're yeah. still alive while this is happening and it, and it, and to to know that they're going to turn and i mean i understand you know that they, they decided not to put it in but it's just that's one of the just like any movie i've seen to today um and like i said i remember seeing in aliens i remember seeing the chestburster uh with the the original one that they come to when the marines get into the colony and, and she's you know yeah. kill me and she's screaming and i thought to myself like yeah. you immediately put your hand on your chest like like oh like, yeah. I can only imagine that. and then <laughs> and then to see that to see the the scene with the the egg morphing which is beyond me to why they never decided to put that in another one because like, that is like, such a exactly. horrific scene Exactly. It's it like I just watched Aliens just just la- just a few days ago, and like you say, it's a perfect through line to see the egg morphing, and you have Dallas, and he's like, "Kill me, kill me, kill me," and then the lady in the colony later, mm-hmm. "Kill me, kill me, kill yep. me." I love echoes like that in franchises or series where you can see it echoing down through sequels, like little homage moments like that, and like you say, it's perfect. I think that yeah. scene too. I think right. That scene inspired Cameron too, right? Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's seen that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's and it's cool. It's a cool scene too because you, if you think about it, you're you never. That's like a that's a skip in the evolution. Like you never you you never realize what happened. And I think I think there was a comic. One of the comics that, like I said, there's so many I can't remember all, and I apologize. But there's another comic where I think they did the egg morphing. And I think like the whole thing was supposed to be that if it's a single Zeno. Mm-hmm on a planet how would they colonize or how would they expand their population and it was <laughs> that was the way to do it exactly that was kind of like their their way of you know splitting to to get to do it that way and it's just it's such a cool just you know it's just one of those things like i said it was never in the movie but man it's in the director's cut and it is just it's an, it's amazing mm-hmm. it's it to this day it's still such a haunt and then when she walks in and all she can hear is like dallas just like barely like that like mm-hmm. the, almost like of a screech of a moan oh it's just mm-hmm. ugh, it's just it's yep. it's spine shivers not a pace but breaker that's, that's for mine. me <laughs> yeah it's no, not a pace breaker for me I, I gotta I gotta go with you know I gotta go with Ripley you know I mean I'm we're talking that final sequence that's that's off the nice. wall I mean that's that's yes. off the wall I mean uh it's it's like McCready in the end of the thing movie you're just gnashing your teeth you're just like whoa whoa this flamethrower is lighting up the dark and you don't know where this this monster's coming mm-hmm. from in both situations and you're just you're there man like flashing lights fire you know crazy stuff going on you know explosions and stuff in both situations and it's just it's terse like and you know you just really you're you're there with weaver mm-hmm. like when she runs into the escape pod throws the cat mm-hmm. down freaks out you know she thinks she's clear and like that hand that pops out like i mean i know where that i i'm supposed to know where that is in the time code and everything in my head i never get there you know like it's always like thinking about it thinking about it i know that's gonna happen and whoosh, and it just you snap yeah my head snaps back every time and i'm like that's really well done when it works like that every single time like you really feel like you're there with weaver it really kicks you in the balls like wow that's mm. some yeah. wild shit in that last bit there yeah, i liked it mm. and she's you know like the movie the whole ensemble concept drops away and when it echoes like that in aliens again where you're with her and she's just running and panting and klaxons and you know you got five seconds to escape or whatever you know a computer yelling in your face and Mm -hmm. it's just you know you're you're there like you get dragged in with her that woman definitely acts you know like go weaver go Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) good in both of those climaxes and that one you know probably the humdinger because you know i don't know aliens the classic right you Mm -hmm. know timeless gotta love it (laughs) Yeah, I think. Uh, but you, Ryan. Yeah, my the one that comes to mind is um, is a sequence when Ripley goes into the to Mother and is trying to figure out this special order nine three seven, and that I was just 
that scene, I was just so tense because this this uh, computer is just not complying with her, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, it's uh, you know, get this organism, all of their priorities rescinded, um, crew expendable, and and then Ash appears and he's like, you know, saying there's an explanation for this, and then you find out, then he starts sweating that milky sweat and you're yeah. like what's that and then that's when he so starts what, what losing it um and ian home was just awesome in that scene and oh, yeah um, his delivery of that uh a line was classic mm-hmm. so no explanation for that right yeah <laughs> he's just so cold so cold and, mm-hmm. just, and he doesn't care about these he all all he cares about is his directive <clears throat> from the company you know and it's um and he tries to it, that awkward moment where Ripley's sort of knocked out, and he rolls up that magazine that I think is a pornographic magazine, yeah. tries to shove it in her mouth. It's like this really uncomfortable sexual thing going on. Um, like he doesn't know how to express it. Like this, it's like right. not coming out right. And you see that in some of the later movies, even like, um, uh, you know, with Alien Covenants, kind of kind of revisited. But uh, but yeah, it's. Um, you know it, that there's that whole sequence um, when uh, you know Yafet Ko's character comes in, knocks his head off, and it's still attacking him. And then, um, and then obviously kind of ashes a goddamn right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, so so many good scenes. It's, it's, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, and then it's when the, they reconnect him, and he's like, you know, yeah, um, kind of gives his his spiel and about the perfect organism and. So I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. Yeah. It gives you that humorless <laughs> smile, and it's like, man, that guy. Oh such yeah, a... that's such a great yeah, line. Just rip the the cords out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that whole whole part for me was like that is that is a master. I mean, the whole movie is a masterpiece, but that part there was like flawless, in my opinion. Um, one of the best sequences in film history. So yeah. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna cheat and pick two. Um, the the whole space jockey sequence when they walk upon it and when they explore it, just that that mm-hmm. sense of exploration and wonder is just unprecedented. Mm-hmm. It's the the scope, uh, the scale. You realize how <clears throat> big the space jockey is, and um, it's the whole. Because the way Geiger's vision, you, you felt like you were on mm-hmm. another world. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. oh yeah, Pro- Prometheus just, definitely got that too, right? I mean, it, it plugged yeah, into that same yeah. vibe. Yeah, and it, it just the theories that we're able to spit out for years after that one scene alone was where's the bitch I could come from? I ate up every comic that had some sort of their version of the space jockey race, where they came from, whether it was the, uh, you know, another, whether they're there to help us, where they're transporting aliens as weapon, I couldn't and still can not get enough of it. One of the okay. coolest creations in any movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the other sequence was um, when they're looking <clears throat> for the uh, alien, when they don't realize it has grown, and the whole sequence of Brett looking after Jones, the becoming the alien's first victim, is cinematic perfection. Mm-hmm. Yes. The yes. Visuals, the music, um, just absolute flaws. You realize how terrifying um, the monster is, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't mean the way, you know, Parker goes, things fucking big. <laughs> it's. Yeah, because the characters and, and the viewers are expecting this little small thing, oh, right? And it's yeah. like the size of that cat, and then, and then all of a sudden, yeah. this massive, yeah. tall penis is phallic <laughs> yeah. looking thing, but with this no the no eyes is was a great idea. No eyes, yeah. Well, lifts them up. Mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah, like he looks at it. Soul. Yeah, he looks at it like he's not. Is this thing even real? Like yeah. the look on his face, right? What am I looking at here? Yeah. It's just <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, 
So speaking of not counting Ripley, so that's the easy one. Who is your favorite character from uh from Alien? Oh, I'm, no. I'll go first this time. Um, I liked uh, Dallas. So I always mm-hmm. like you guys touched on before. He's he's in charge, but it's almost like a reluctant. You know, everyone does listen to him, and he has this thing, but it's almost like um a casual um you know reluctant leader which is something i've always felt myself attached to because that's always the way i've kind of been where people will listen but i don't quite realize that people are listening and um you know i thought we, we don't listen to you wait you just you think you are. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um like you were saying ryan scared absolutely fucking kills that role yeah oh, i'm sorry uh, the other michael said yeah fucking kills it absolutely mm-hmm. he just he feels like he's just a captain who's walked onto the set and went all right i might as well act here too eh, might as well <laughs> it's he just absolutely brings you into the movie and um very relatable and uh he's probably my choice i'd say lambert you know mm-hmm. veronica cartwright knocks it mm-hmm. out of the park there's actually a sequence in the director's cut that you know you don't get to see that actually in a normal version of the movie but there's a part where she she like bitch smacks Ripley and it's amazing. Oh, what a yeah. scene! What a scene! Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. There's some power in that because she's angry. Doesn't she have a right to be like just gonna leave him in the hatch? If we break quarantine, we could die. That's pretty. That's pretty current. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, like it's just the way that goes down, you know, like and and like the way she loses it, demands that they get in the shuttle asap and. Like uh, a lot of times you see critics talk about that role and the way that Cartwright came at it. And it's like the voice of like, you know, uh, the person who's got bad nerves. Right. And that's where she is. You know, she's and I think it's so funny because it's like this crazy inversion, because when you see her in the body snatchers, Cartwright's this solid survivor who's still alive at the end of the movie, even when Sutherland's become mm-hmm. one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. She runs up to him at the end and he screams and points <laughs> at her. And I'm like. Man, she made it so long, man. But it's the same fate as Ripley, man. You just don't make it in the end. <laughs> but yeah, Cartwright, she was really standout. And I, I do really like to see uh, when you see Ronnie Cartwright talking about her role in interviews and the way she kicks up with her boots whenever she she didn't see that coming with the blood spray, you know, mm-hmm. like and I guess she took it in the face and actually tripped up for real. And like, you know, Scott was like, cut, we're keeping that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and she was good with that. You know, she didn't mind because, like, wow, you guys did a good job because she really was freaked out by what happened to John Hurt in front of him. <laughs> so, I mean, if it's knocking you off your feet, he's doing a good job building the world for her. I mean, mm-hmm. good performance, definitely. She came and brought it in there pretty good. If I was going to talk about somebody other than her, I mean, you know, like, you know, that was definitely, you know, like that would be other than Ripley. That'd be the character, I'd say, because I thought she did a good job. You know, she created this person who was just a bundle of nerves, mm-hmm. the kind of person you would expect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Even, even in Covenant, you know, people say with uh, what mm-hmm. is it uh, like, you know, there's like that character, I guess. What is it? Uh, Tennessee's wife. She's the same kind of spaz. This weird hypochondriac person who can't handle it, mm-hmm. you know, my nerves, yep. my nerves can't handle it. You know, like I think maybe like, you know, some of the responses she has to the situation are bad, but similar kind of character, this freak, freaked out person who can't handle mm-hmm. it. Like I've, mel- I've melted down completely and I can't handle the situation. You got to have somebody like that in a movie. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to you're going to give that lens to the movie. But it's just too bad. There's a lot of other things that don't work there. But that character, I thought, in some ways did work because, you know, you got to have that freak who doesn't hold up good, who reacts badly to the situation. And that was what I thought Cartwright did really good in the first movie. Definitely give her a lot of credit mm-hmm. there. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Michael, go ahead. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna double up. I'm gonna pull a Dave here and, and double this. Um, I personally, I tell you what, honestly, if like if I'm thinking of who my favorite were, it would have to be like uh, probably Parker and Brett, uh, or you know, because it, it's so funny. Like I can see them as guys that I work with on a daily basis. Like they're they're the perfect they're the perfect they they, they might have one of the best. Um, down to earth 
kind of characters in the whole movie because they're they play the part perfectly. They're the, you know, the guys that, you know, they're jabbing each other off to the side and making like the underhanded jokes. And, you know, like one guy's the leader and one guy's the follower. One guy's the main guy. One guy's the lackey. Like they, they're just they're perfect. And they're like, you know, they remind you. Of, and and uh, <laughs> if anybody hears this, I'm not making this in a bad, but like like the guys that work on the highway. You know, it, it's like the the two guys, one guy's holding the shovel and one guy's holding the pick and they're sitting there going, you know, we, we don't get paid enough for this. Right. Go, oh, what we, you know, I mean, it, it's per, like their, their characters are perfect for the movie in the fact that like they are real, as in you could see two guys that you go to work with every on a daily basis. You know, one guy sitting at his desk, the other guy sitting there and, and just chuckling along with them and they're, you know, making comments as people walk by it. They're just, they're cool characters. And then, you know, especially like, you know, Brett doesn't really get – he doesn't really have much of a chance because he's, he's you know, out really quick after that whole thing starts. But, you know, Parker – like Parker really goes from sort of a zero to a hero because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's just kind of like, hey, I'm not doing anything unless I'm getting paid more for it and I want to know what my share is. And then all of a sudden when when the shit kind of hits the fan, then you kind of see like, you know, he comes he, – he helps out Lambert. You know, he comes to the aid of Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, he puts the flamethrowers together. He, you know, like he really is a is a, a main character that just, you know, because of his situation in the movie, doesn't get a lot of you know a lot of attention. But he really does do a lot for the plot of that movie. Mm-hmm. You um, know, I, I gotta so. say, uh, Charles S. Dutton in Alien Three, very similar to that. You know, like him and Kodo did very similar with this this guy who's stepping up like this big dude he's tough you know he's kind of a leader among people he's a little bit tougher and i i thought in alien 3 he did a good job with that too you know but dotton was really good himself in a similar type of situation where okay let's get up let's get let's get out there and fight this thing mm-hmm. right yeah agreed mm-hmm. definitely interesting that way i liked i definitely liked that about parker <clears throat> yeah definitely what do you guys think of the um, director's cut in comparison? And do you prefer it over it, the original, or no? Um, I, I do only for those scenes, though. Like I said, it's it's. I mean, okay. you know, the, those one or two extra scenes, you know, I don't think take away or add so much more to it that it would make you like choose one way or the other. Um, you know, but that that's the way we are with like so many movies now. That like you know, oh, there's a there's this cut, then there's that cut, and then there's this cut. And it's kind of like you know, it's 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 all at that time it wasn't, but now most of the time any movie that does that now it's just to sell more copies. You know, what I mean, it, it basically yeah. that's how it breaks down to. Um, like I said, I I mean, I I'll watch it. I don't care which way I watch it. You know, I it's still just it's fantastic. But I would say I would probably say the director's cut just because of the the egg morphing scene. Fair enough. Uh, I'm I'm pretty lame. I'd go exactly the same way. <laughs> I mean, uh, Macau Macau pretty much outlines exactly what I would say. So I'm not really gonna add a lot. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, uh, yeah. sorry, I was gonna go. Uh, I was first wanted to. I I didn't get to mention my favorite character because Dave hates me. Oh yeah, um, go ahead, my bet. And <laughs> were you again? <laughs> yeah. Are you on the right podcast? <laughs> Oh, wait, we have been recording this whole time. Oh, darn it. <laughs> oh, I shut it off. Oh, well. Um, so, oh, we want to know. Tell us, Ryan. Tell us. Told you. My evil will win. Because so, good. Is yeah, so my favorite <laughs> character, uh, definitely Ash. Um, and nice. he's yeah. just Ian Holm. Just does such yeah. an awesome job with with him and I didn't even notice a lot of the little things um, throughout the movie that um, hinted at his kind of ulterior motive, um, but little like little character things that Ian Holm did, um, like when they're at the table right before um, Kane gets chest bursted and Ian Holm's talking and he kind of right before the camera pans away from him he kind of gets this little look at you know at Kane yeah. Um, and he's like waiting to see because he knows something's going to happen to him and he doesn't know what yeah not sure what <laughs> but yeah and uh and you know and uh when Yafik when uh Parker's about to stab the alien he's like don't touch it don't touch it you know because he really wants to protect it and I you know you didn't really realize Correct. it at the time but uh but yeah there's all these little things that that 
um, little touches to the character that were just so so great, and he's just one of the best. I think one of the best villains um, ever. He just does such a great job. Yes. Um, because he's this cold, kind of a cold, emotionless robot that just doesn't care about these people. He just cares about um, his directive, and it's um, and Ian Holm was just perfect for the part. So yes. Um, so, so yeah, that's my favorite character. I think it's uh, going back to director's cut. I did see it. Um, I I still prefer the theatrical version. Uh, I thought the director's cut, obviously thrown in the the egg morphine scene, um, was great. I can I can see why it got cut out um, from the theatrical version. Uh, you know, in terms, I think it was more for like pacing reasons, but it's still an awesome yeah. scene. Um, and it's but I just besides that I, I just didn't think the director's cut really added much to um, to the the film and overall the theatrical version is is the the, the masterpiece so yeah agreed yeah to piggyback over what you said I I agree I prefer the theatrical I love that egg morphing scene but I think theatrical is just the superior um, the superior version. Mm-hmm. And also what you said about Ash, it's funny when I was rewatching it, I was specifically watching Ash and there's just so many little little details, like even that little um, scene in the beginning when they're going into the, the ship and does that little standing jog, mm-hmm. like that's meant Oh, to I hate that. I hate that, that freaking scene. I hate that. It's just showing me. He's tweaking. He's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And even when... Um, uh, Brett first wakes up, like you can see, Ash is kind of studying him. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, it's it's all those little the little touches is great. He just absolutely kills the role. Yeah, you mean Kane, right? When Kane wakes up. Yes, yeah. Kane. Sorry, what I say, Brett. Yeah, I mean Kane. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> first time, I've never seen these movies before. Yeah, first time. yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's 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 the thing too. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have much of a part, but like Kane's part is is if if any Kane is probably the biggest part of this entire franchise because he's kind of where it all started from, and like it, it's we talk about like we were talking earlier about like some of these movies and some like the dumb decisions that people made and like you mm-hmm. know like oh look here's like something new on the planet I'm just gonna touch it <laughs> like. Kane, Kane, to a point, kind of does that too because you know he's he the goes king in. Of it. <laughs> yeah, he just he like I'm just okay. Like so, you know, mom and dad tell their kid don't touch the stone. What does the kid do? Kid touches the stone. Well, Kane's <laughs> like he's literally like the the experiment himself because he's the one that he's kind of yeah. like you know oh we're not around here again. Oh, I, I want to touch this. I want to go here. Oh, just a little bit further. Just mm-hmm. a little bit this. But like I mean that that maybe if you, if you talk about like maybe one of the best second I guess second best scenes in all of alien it, it or it, maybe all of aliens together that started all with him looking down into it mm-hmm. and the egg opening up and it exploding in his face <laughs> like that you know, like that that as soon as you see anything that has to deal with that you know you can ma- immediately know what that scene's about mm-hmm. you know and then like I said and then he ends up being that scene goes to probably what's the number one one of the the greatest sci-fi scenes ever which is the the chest burst which was him again too so it's like he's kind of he's a big deal mm-hmm. <laughs> he's kind of yeah. the guy that, that got the whole thing but rolling the, and hurt gave some solid performance definitely yes. there lots the of good physical with, performance with kane looking to the egg was that it made sense like even when they were looking to go into the freaking expedition exp- expedition kane volunteers and then Dallas Quips. Yeah, I knew you would. Like you kinda you get the idea. All right, yeah. this guy. Convincing this guy preamble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, there's you know there's a all right, there's a setup for like, all right, this guy likes to explore and because just like in every crew, there's that person freaking out. There's that one person goes, All right, let me see what's over here. Over here. Like, I know that'd be me. I'd be like, all right, what's over here? Okay. Okay, what's this? What's this? What's this? That'd be me. I'd be the guy checking everything, yeah. pressing all the buttons, and fucking us up. I'm an asshole. You know? <laughs> That's what yeah. I mean. 
<laughs> where unlike Orm in Alien Covenant, who calls the guy the devil and goes, yo, let me check out this egg fam. What we got? What we got? We got scramble? We got scramble? Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I mean, it's you're, not the same. <laughs> you're, you're breaking, you're breaking right. me Pone's cardinal rule, man. Nobody touch nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it, you know. it's, it's funny. I don't know if you guys find it. I know for myself, I, I definitely – so we're, you know, to try to talk about the characters in the movie that like how they stand out or what, which guy like it, it, the sort of the elephant in the room is the best character in the entire movie is, is Ripley. Like, ah. you know, and it's, it's so hard. Like I find myself, like I know the, the secondary or the third characters that I like that I, that I can go off of and I can be like, Oh yeah, you know, this person is good for this. But like, no matter what you think, like, I am, and I've said this before, and on other stuff we've done, like Ripley to me is is probably my famous favorite female character out of any movie. Mm. I mean, she is by far yeah. my my favorite. Top, you know, top, 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 top. yeah. Yep. Like I mean, like you know, and, and and I know you guys all know, like Jam. You know, we we've talked about this many times, and I think I talked with Gogo and with some of the stuff we did. Like at that time when I was watching those movies, like she was like the mother character. Like, it's so funny to see, because if you go through her movies and alien, you know, it's, it's sort of like, she's like in the center of the world falling down. Mm -hmm. Everything around her is falling apart. And she has to go from, you know, just another member of the crew to try to save people, try to save her life, try to take out this, you know, this creature that's never been seen before. She's, she's basically fighting an uphill battle against, you know, against the company uh, because they, they want nothing to do with her destroying it. And she's sort of saying, you know, screw you and has to save her own life. And it's, it's so funny that like, it's, it's hard to believe that one character in a movie could fill all the voids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you, you know, well, you really do, you know, it's it, so ahead of her time. Oh, yeah. absolutely. The, the carry through into the next movie, even like the way she's compartmentalized all of the stuff that happens in this movie we're discussing. And then she's got that all in her and she meets this little girl and the way she connects with that girl and the way you like, you're like, wow, they're connecting because of this survivor thing. Right. You know, it's a survivor guilt thing where all these people are slaughtered brutally around them. But they make it, you mm -hmm. know, like yeah. so it definitely draws you in there because like you and then the way like I, I think with Cameron's longer version, the daughter and stuff, and it, it, it there's a lot there. And it's really cool how she's carrying the trauma from this movie into the next. And I think that's why it's such a great sequel, probably. Right. Because the, yep. the strength yep. of the, the strength of the experience she goes through in this leaves an indentable mark on the character in the future. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you have you guys did you any of you guys have you played uh you've um, of course by now have all played Alien Isolation? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. There A there is there, the, the best the best thing out. in that was when when they brought out the uh when they brought out the uh, Nostromo DLC. Yeah. yeah. That was yes. that was such still, a oh I still so play cool. that randomly. But like you know, to have some of the you know have the voice actors do the you know the stuff mm -hmm. and and it, it's it was so cool because I could have played a whole game just just as yeah. the the original cast because like you said the they're just got together in years too yeah it was so cool it was just it was such a great but like the you know that's an, i mean another thing too uh and like i said i'm not jumping anybody here but you know we did one thing we really haven't hit on too is like is the the setting as in like yes. you know it, the the way the set and the ship you know when we talked about a little bit like how it's kind of gritty and dirty but you know the set design and stuff was incredible mm -hmm. yeah um um, that, I mean, I know for my thing that like I still see if I see something in a movie, I'll go, oh, you know what? That sh that sound shutting that door sounds just like one of the doors in the Stromo. It's, yeah, it's just, I do that. It's so yeah. cool. <laughs> I do that too. Well, yeah, um, I mean, the, the design itself was its own living world. Yeah, well, for sure. I, I've uh, Netflix. Uh, what is it? They got a show, Maniac. There, it's about some. It's uh, about some experiment. It's like a mental hospital experiment with drugs or something. But the set design, when you look at the set, and you see like all the technology and how this, this like these cubby holes are laid out in this like in this like uh, experiment room. It looks like the Nostromo. It's got like the drop-down yeah. TV monitors. I mean, it's like you can swear that the set designer sat down and planned this set to kind of have that Nostromo aesthetic, right? Mm -hmm. It's just it's so, cool. like you say, it's iconic. It is very iconic look, definitely. 
you know, we can't uh, talk about alien without talking about the creature itself. Still has not oh, been a yeah. to stop it. The facehugger, chestburster, the alien, just absolutely classic, absolutely terrifying. That was the true beginning of my obsession. Was the creature itself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Uh, what's What's your favorite form of it, uh, Dave? Oh, man, um, that's a good question. I mean, the adults are pretty awesome. But um, I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. For for the guy for the guy who constantly tells people he's going to throw <laughs> face huggers at yeah. him. For that for that not to be your your number one, I'm I'm amazed. I, I guess I default. That that probably have to be it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, just just it, utilizing H.R. Giger's designs. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like it was unlike anything anyone's really seen before, and uh it's such a such a classic um i mean now it's so like you said so iconic and uh you know just having this creature with no eyes but can still somehow see and with with the inner the inner mouth that comes out from the you know with the that thing that's you know impales (laughs) people and it's just it's just unbelievable how how well yeah. that was designed and utilized and yeah. um, the multiple stages mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, so uh, the face hugger is great too, and just just the whole concept of um, how it makes you. It's kind of like this uncomfortable sexuality to it as well. That yeah. that that adds to the the terror the terror and the um, and this whole idea of, uh, you know, man kind of getting orally raped and having this violent birth that kills you. It's, it's like the whole concept, it's sort of subconscious, but it's, it's scary and it's, um, mm-hmm. and it's just done so well. Um, I think the first film does it, you know, utilize that to bet the best. Um, and it's, it's just really fantastic the way they did it. So, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Probably the full stage alien. I mean, steak knives for fingers, short sword for a tail. I mean, the thing's got a piston in its jaws, and it's gonna, it's gonna bash your brains in with it. I mean, uh, the thing's a big, big black bulldozer mm-hmm. coming at you. Like, I don't know. It's not friendly, and it, I mean, it bleeds dangerous. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that that acid for blood is fucking brilliant. Oh yeah, that was genius. <laughs> yeah. Gee. <laughs> oh definitely yeah i i uh i think my um i what fr- the two stages i think that that probably freak me out the most are one is the face hugger because i you know any t- as soon as that face hugger attaches you just think to yourself like you, you get that like suffocation feeling like you know like, i mean it's 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 uh giving the the host oxygen you know, it's, it's keeping you alive, mm-hmm. but like, you know, just think about like that, that suffocating was just such an amazing idea when they came up with that creature was, you know, to have it do that. And then not only that, but, you know, and then of course, you know, that it, it puts the, you know, the egg inside you. And then the second thing, and, and we've seen it through comic books and we've seen it through the other movies. Um, but like the whole, the whole chest burster scene itself. I mean, like you, you think to yourself, like when you see this, can you imagine that there's something underneath your rib cage? And like to think about the the feeling of this thing moving, and then all of a sudden it's just like it's out. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it, it was such a when they came up with the concept with Giger and uh, and everybody, and they came up with this like they they absolutely came up with what they you know the perfect organism. It really is. It it, it is a yeah. total. It from start to finish, it's gonna kill you one way or the other. You know, either it's you know it's gonna attach and then it's gonna blow out your chest and it's gonna kill you and then it's gonna kill somebody else and. It's it's such a cool, but I think one of the coolest things, and you I don't think you see it very often. I think there might be one or two scenes where you see it. I love the skull inside, the uh, like the carapace, like the the top of it, having that skull in there was it just it's such a beautiful design. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, that that in itself. And I think 
No, I don't. Ryan, you can. I'm not sure if you know this or not. Wasn't there? I swear, at one point, I, I watched in one of the documentaries that they had actually planned on making the creature itself like uh, clear, like yeah. um, mm-hmm. wasn't it going to be like a like a like a see through? Like, I, think I mean, so. you've already made yeah. this 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 creature of death, and then you want to do that. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> like what else? You know, what more can you do? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It just. I, I think a, they had a plan to put uh, maggots in its head or something like that originally, but it, the heat hmm. from the stage lights or something didn't work underneath the <laughs> underneath the dome or that something. I think they had trouble with it. Yeah, I remember seeing something in a documentary about it where they were trying it, but it just the heat from the stage hmm. lights with the insects it just wasn't working. Hmm. Just crazy. Yeah, it was. It is. You know, it's it's just it's the perfect killing machine, and that's that's pretty much why it's. You know that that started out, you know where it is today. It's just, it's insane that you know it's it is very hard to pick you know one thing from another. But any stage, you're in trouble. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> um, I guess you guys have anything else. Um, no, I, I would just. <laughs> yeah, I just it's it's we pretty much I think every one of us has said you know on the basis it's it's just a masterpiece. It I mean it it started, you know you think to yourselves if not for that movie you know where are we at at this point we're we're we have we're no fandom nothing. I mean it literally yep. It, yep. it wrote the book. It it started the it started everything from there and like you know it's 1979 and and it's now 2020 and it still holds up just to <laughs> pretty much yeah. to anything. The ships, yeah, actually, does. that's one thing to add, eh? Those ships, there's a pretty iconic spaceship in there, right? And everybody remembers the Nostromo. Yeah. It's yep. a big flying brick, right? Yep. I mean, we're wow, flying yep. in the space. De- the derelict. Yeah, then, yep. and, well, derelict. And, of course, of course, the iconic space croissant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah uh, like you said, uh, Mike, it set the stage not only for Alien, but of um, but of all of sci-fi. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like oh, you guys were saying, everything from bright and shiny and chrome, as they say in Mad Max Fury Road, to Valhalla, um, you know, everything to dirty and grimy and realistic. And uh, it's a good yeah. segue into, I don't know if you guys checked it out yet, but the Making of Alien book by um, J.W. Rinsler from, on release on Titan Books is incredible. Oh, okay. Yeah, the most I did. I did see. It. I was, I was going to say how it was. I was going to see how that was. It's, I'm. I got about about halfway done. It's it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. There's stuff there I had no idea. It's a bit backdated. I think it's a bit backdated now. But uh, like that O'Bannon documentary that came out recently too. Really good thing to watch. There's some really neat insights into. Oh yes, that's some, true. The, uh, some uh, of the Argent, the memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Good call. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely that's something that's they're, relatable. They're good companion pieces. Yeah. Definitely recommend checking them both out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess, uh, you got it, Ryan, you want to say anything else? Or? Um, no, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, really with uh, Sigourney Weaver and Ripley, r- really any strong or any <laughs> female character lead in any movie now especially action or sci-fi based movie is always compared to her and i yep, think it'll yes. always yep. i think it'll always be that mm-hmm. way yep, yep, yep. um you know and she in alien you know she's heroic but you know she she's also much like lambert you know very scared not sure what's going on aliens is where really she kind of takes off into this um becomes this great hero yeah yeah basically and um and on so many levels just um becomes the um you know the the female leads that uh that all are compared to and all come up short you know there just never will be one like her and um obviously you know it just goes along that she's iconic. The whole movie is a masterpiece. It's, um, they're just, uh, people will be watching it 200 years from now and just being blown away by it. It's just, it's that, that well done. And I don't know if we'll ever, I don't know if we'll ever see a movie like that again. I, I don't know. Uh, I hope so, but alien, alien kind of stands alone. I think, um, yeah. And it's yeah. It's just uh 
yeah, an amazing film. Yeah, well, I think that's... I think it's 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 cool because like the if you think about it the the two characters you know I was I don't know I can't speak for everybody I was fortunate to I was an eighties kid so I I grew up with all the you know with aliens and with Predator and with Terminator and all that kind of stuff and it's so cool because we don't have and it's unfortunate because I think we should have more of them we don't have nearly the um, the female leads that we should. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a it's it's a it's a total different breed today. Like it's it's a total different you know, and, and it's it's unfortunate. I mean, there's some out there, and there, there's some good ones that, but not enough get their good you know their due justice. But it's funny because there's so many characters. Like my two from the '80s, if you think about it, it's usually it's usually Ripley, and then it's Sarah Connor. Yeah. Um, you know, those were the two, and yeah. it's so funny because if you think about it, their characters are so closely in the same kind of thing for two different kinds of genres because you know you had like you said Ripley you had her in the in Alien and she is she's very uh she starts out timid and she's scared and then all of a sudden at the end of it she kind of becomes the you know she takes control well if you look at Sarah Connor in the original Terminator she's scared to the entire movie and then all of a sudden when everything starts coming down she kind of takes control mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they did the same thing for like, you know, you look at Aliens and Terminator 2. Now, of course, they're both James Cameron movies, but, you know, look at Ripley's character and look at Sarah Connor's characters in Terminator 2. All of a sudden, hey, we've been through all the shit. We know what's going mm-hmm. on. Now we just have to figure out a way to take control. And it, it's 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 unfortunate, like I said, that there's not those kind of leads today, but it's exactly – Ryan, you hit it right on the head. Like if anybody today thinks of a female character, immediately it's – you're always compared to Ripley. Mm-hmm. It's always – She's the one mm-hmm. that set the trend, and I mean that's that's basically that's on the writers, that's on the director. I mean they made an iconic character, and Sigourney Weaver just blew it out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And the the real irony of it is too is that uh, it was a it was a role that was written open originally in the script. Yeah. Eh? It's kind of yeah, neat yeah. the way it all ended up. That's right? yeah. That's the the best yeah. way to sometimes get the best characters. It's all it's all done organic. Nothing forced, just part of the story. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll uh, we'll end it there. Well, thanks for listening to the full episode number uh, one of us assholes rambling out (laughs) for an hour about uh, aliens. (laughs) If you want to interact more uh, on Twitter, it's at Xenomorphing426. You can just like our uh, Facebook page, uh, Xenomorphing, and, of course, the blog, Xenomorphing.com, of which I do not write enough (laughs) of. this is uh, David Gogol and the rest of the Motley crew signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank Stay you. safe. See ya.